heading home. He's from Cincinnati. <laughs> um, here I am. Here I am. Work is super emotional. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me, but I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> like me, you've been holding your breath these last several weeks, let it out. <sighs> nice, long, audible exhale. I got a car. It's a nice Volkswagen Jetta. It's clean, crisp, 63,000 miles. Not bad. The dealer would not budge. It, I paid more than I wanted to pay for this thing. I'm not a man made of money, despite the way that I appear in public, uh, despite the way I dress, despite the way that I carry myself, I'm not a man made of money. Uh, surprise, surprise. What a relief. Ooh, what a relief it is. It's great. It's great. I just got back from uh, being over at my brother's house we're doing some recording. We recorded uh, some some Wurlitzer piano today uh, with Doug McDermott, and we're working. We're, we're getting we're getting t- together uh, the idea of routine, okay, and having a schedule, having a set time that I go over there and work, having a set time that I work on my podcast uh, here at my house. I'm in my back room now. Now we, we set up a room in my brother's basement. That's just really nice. It's really conducive to working bamboo floors. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, uh, acoustic tiles or whatever the fuck, uh, baffles hanging around that make us sound good. Uh, now I have the back room at my house, which is where I do my, uh, intros and outros for this cast and where I have done a, a modicum of recording, uh, is a perfect little room. I mean, it's a small room, but it's, it's it could really it could serve as a great place to uh, to work. Uh, but I haven't quite set it up yet. Now, if you're uh, a technically sufficient person who has great aesthetics and you and you live in Cincinnati and you want to come over and uh, really help me set this room up right, get a little patch bay the whole nine yards so that it feels great you let me know you give me a call i don't have money for this but i do have there's glory there's glory and there's the story uh in it okay you give me a shout at the wandering wolf podcast at gmail.com and uh, make my life happen for me organization like an organization coach they have those people that do that but this is specifically for a studio situation now oh in regards to the car in regards to the car i do also want to and i know i thanked him last week but i want to thank mike officially 
this week for steering me towards this vehicle that I did purchase. Um, this is Mike from Texas, uh, a, a Wandering Wolf listener, a uh, wonderful guy that I had been going back and forth with about, about uh, what kind of Volkswagen to get and which ones were good and which ones weren't and all that. Great guy, Mike. If you run into him, tell him I say hi. Texas Mike. Bottom line is, though, about this room, I got I got Getty. I got Serengeti coming down here uh, in about a week uh, to work on some music together. And I got to have this room in working order. I got to be I got to be whiz kid on this room. I got to be quick. Anyway, it, today's podcast is with a dear friend, an old friend, Sarah Kane, uh, who is a magnificent visual artist. You can check her work out on the net, her workout. You can check out her work on the internet, I'm sure, but it's very different than seeing it in person. So if you have ever have a chance to go to one of her shows uh, I, or a show that she's represented in, I, I, would, I would highly recommend it. But it's a good talk. It's a good talk. We, we you know, rarely get to see each other. Uh, she lives in L.A., uh, but we hung out one day. She drove me to Whole Foods, and then uh, we went back to Sean's place and uh, had, a, had, a, had a talk uh, while my chicken was in the oven. That's literal, literally the chicken was in the oven. There's nothing naughty about that. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I, I, I don't have AIDS. As, as per my STD tests last week, I don't have the AIDS virus or the, or the HIV. I don't have herpes 2. That's all the word is back on yet. But uh, I'm pretty, I feel pretty solid about all the rest of them. Syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea. Uh, they would have called me about those already. I think I'm good. That's exciting. Anyway, it's always nice for me to reconnect with people that I don't get to see very often who I have a lot of feeling towards. So check out this talk with Sarah Kane. I'm here at Sean Coppola's house with Sarah Kane, visual artist. Old friend. Old friend. And um, lady about town. Babe. <laughs> You're going to Milan in a couple yep. days for a, for a show, solo show. How often do you have shows around the world and go fly to a show, fly to Milan to just to meet and greet and sell work? Um, this is the second time. This year I went to Milan. Um, I don't know. I is it always Milan? No, I just started working with somebody there um, last. But I haven't been to Europe since last summer. I did something in London, and but I do. It's a pretty heavy exhibition schedule. Um, I don't know. I've already made four works on site this year, and it's only the summer. Which for those I have to travel, and then for for shows I have to travel to. And this is my second. No, this will be my third. I can't remember. Second or third solo this year. So it's been a lot. Uh, in addition to the to the works on site, you're saying? Yeah, the works on site. Are those aren't a show. It's it's more those like... Those are group shows. So right. Or like a museum show that I get brought over, but group shows. And then the solo shows that I travel for are the gallery ones that 
but if it's a gallery, which is sell, so sellable work, yeah, yeah, right. objects, paintings, yeah. And you can't have you. I mean, could you sell the the group the work on site? Like, yeah, do they you, cut the wall down or something? No, but people do commission. I mean, right, it's right, right. very very rare. But also, I do have some um, canvases that are site <laughs> site based, right, or attached to the walls too. So sometimes. I have to travel to install them because they're half on the canvas, half on the wall, or something right. like that. I've seen this, and and when you if you travel somewhere to do a work on site, like how how much ahead of the of the like how long will it take you usually? Um, well, I'm trying to get shorter because it's really disruptive, but usually I have two weeks. Um, but I've been doing them in a week now. It depends on the size, but um, like I, the one I have coming up is probably like. 300 or 400 square feet so it's that's not that huge and i have a a week to do it that's pretty big it's pretty big and i don't plan at all either and so anything could go wrong so it's all like it's all once you get there you see how you feel you see what the environment does for you yeah explain that um well sometimes they i'll go and do a site visit beforehand to sort of gather information on the space um with this one I've Skyped with the curator, and he's been showing me photos of the space. Yeah. Um, so I, it's a it's a really strange space that has these doors that have to be accessible. So basically, it will move from the wall to the floor and engulf the whole space, but also they have to be able to move. It's their, like, cargo door. Okay. So I, that, that stuff sounds so boring. You have to know that, though. But I, yeah, you have to, like, problem-solve all of that. Um, and I know that with this one, I mean, th- this could all change as soon as I get there, but I, because the door is such an obstacle, I want to start with the obstacle and work from it. So I'm having canvases made in the same dimensions. I think the door is like 10 by 12 feet. So I'm having two other ones made and the wall, it's actually three planes that my space moves through. So there's going to be those canvases on all three planes and then I'll do a giant painting over top of it. Okay. Okay. So I place the canvas as if they're architecture too, so they mimic the doors. Right. Right. And then just that's do this cool. Whole, yeah. And the, and the work does it act like a like a triptych or or you just ignore that at at that point? You're just like, all right, it's, I have this symmetrical. That's like the laying the base. It's just the composition of a painting, right. and then you just do one big painting over top of okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you do also a lot of like I've I've seen stuff with like leaves and just like random shit you might have yeah. found around. Yeah. And is that usually stuff that you'll find in that same area as well? Sometimes for the works on site I usually find all the things during the installation period, but a lot of times for the objects um I just collect things throughout life or people give me a lot of things, but it's a way of extending paint or extending the the mark. Yeah, and, and also all the work it's really painting via sculptural ideas or painting moving back and forth between painting and sculpture so by what does that mean it means that a, a painting is 2D and a sculpture is 3D but if you're adding things and extending into actual physical space right in a way like a lot of times I'll use beads or things that from far away they look like they're drips of paint right um so, and it's also like a lot of the materials are super feminine and you kind of seem like terrible ideas for a painting, but to 
override that and make strong work from something that is silly. It it's, makes it twice as strong. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like like Michael's Crafts stuff or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I think that's that's re- one of the things that's really cool about it. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, to when? When we met? When, when did you say? No, before that. Before that. Oh. Uh, I'm curious about what you... We'll go to that, though, too. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious what 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 got you started being interested in visual art at all, like as a as a kid. Um, well, I always I was always super into it, and I I would win the like county fair contests and the you know stupid calendars for kindergarten and shit. So I was, I was really into that, and I liked to get the prizes that you would get, like chocolate Easter bunnies and stuff. Um, but then I dropped out of high school and went. To live in the south of France and I didn't speak any French and basically just survived by drawing and that's when I got really serious. Wait, why, why, why did you do that? Because I grew up in upstate New York in public school and I just was either going to like become a heroin addict out of boredom or... Is that what a lot of people... That's what I thought. That's, you know, it was like Kurt Cobain time so I thought like that as a kid I, I sort of thought, oh that's cool. Yeah. Um, although that luckily is not what happened to my life. Um... Yeah, so I just knew I had to get out, and I had applied to all these boarding schools and private schools, but my parents couldn't afford it, so the same day I decided I was going to drop out, I heard an announcement on the loudspeaker, does anyone want to be an exchange student? So I just said, yeah, sign me up. So it wasn't dropping out exactly? Yeah, but I never went back. I mean, it was 10th grade, and I never went back, and I just went straight into college after. So it sort of just excelled everything really fast. Did you have to get a GED or something? Um, I was... There's a loophole around that. If you go to college and do so many credits, you're just granted your GED. So that's what happened. So, but they let you into, into college. Yeah, I got this amazing scholarship, and then it was like this little school in Auburn, New York, and it was an academic scholarship and they paid for everything and then they sent me back to Paris so I went to art school in Paris too so it was this okay. amazing time of just trying to figure out how to get out of a situation that was just ending my life so how, then, how much French do you speak now um well now I've lived there two years and I, I should be a lot more fluent but um I'm shy but I, right. I mean I can speak and I yeah that's <laughs> my that's my laundry but you said you you were doing drawings for a living in the south of France when you were in, like, 10th grade. Oh, no, not as a living. I mean, I meant, like, that's... I couldn't really speak, and I um, had to go to high school there. Yeah. And it was just really terrible, and I smoked a lot of hash, too. So, yeah. basically, I, I got... That's to, what you did with your time. Yeah. And I drew. And right. it's just sort of how I survived, like, a situation that I was not prepared for, because I hadn't really had much French... I didn't even know how to say my name is Sarah, and they thought they were getting a fluent student. Okay, they got me. <laughs> yeah, and w- would you draw? St- would you draw stuff from life, or just out of your head, or what? I at was that actually time? really into figure drawing. Okay, so yeah, I would go to. It's yeah, I saw my first naked man. Oh wow! But I, this even started earlier than that. In eighth grade, my parents would drop me off at this college at night, and I would do figure drawing with like college kids and old people. Okay. And you, yeah. but you didn't, but they weren't naked at that point. They were naked. They were naked. Yeah. Wow. Would you, yeah. was it weird when you first saw a dude with his Alfonso, lingam? Alfonso, he was, uh, had blue eyeshadow on. Really? A beautiful black man with blue eyeshadow. Yeah. Was he a cross dresser? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, he was, he was very sweet. He was my favorite model. 
So yeah, got to see it all fast. When you were like 14? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, well, probably younger, 12. Yeah. 12, 13. Hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you were, like your parents like super liberal? Types? Yeah, yeah, and they were really supportive too. Um, also, I was really stubborn and I probably would have run away if they didn't let me do what I wanted to do, so it's cool that they were so great about everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, different upbringings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you know, mine was super strict. and But, I mean, to an extent, my parents were still, like, they're still, they were still, like, supportive with the arts and stuff. They never, it's not like we had, like, a doctor, lawyer, you know, yeah. kind of push or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, the religion stuff, of course. But it really influenced you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, that's why, like, you're, you're so sexually free, and I'm, I'm so, I'm so pent up. That's definitely something that, which brings me to when we met, which was, uh, um. I went on the date with you because my mother told me to. Really? Yeah, because. What did your mom have to do with it at that point? She saw you because you came to my graduation. And Your mom was there? Yeah, and this is probably... I don't know if I ever told you this. this no. It's terrible. Um, but there was this really hot guy from Tijuana there. She thought Adrian. I was him. No, but I had asked him out, and he said, So I took him home, and he said he was my graduation gift. So we had the weekend together, but there was sweet Yoni. And my yeah. mom was like, you got to call that boy Yoni. What are you doing? Really? <laughs> yeah, so I called you back because you had left me a message. And I called you back. And we and met through Sean, who we're yeah. at his house right now. And look at that. Who was your student? Well, he would argue, but I would say he's my student. I was. What was it? What well, you argue? I, I was in grad school, and he was an undergrad, and we did units together. I was his TA, and then we did. What's in- doing units together? That sounds. <laughs> that sounds like drugs and sex together. Something, yeah. <laughs> um, we did it like an independent study, but Sean says I was not his teacher. <laughs> I really wasn't, but I kind of was. Yeah, you let you let. I him. met Sean as like a sassy little undergrad. Right. And an intern at Anticon, and now look at him. Now he's running Anticon. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful guy. He's still sassy, though. He's so sassy. Yeah. That's cool. And then, like, when did you start, how did you crack into the the art business stuff? Like, get a gallery and all that kind of shit that, that you need to do to make a living. Like, how did that work? Was that, was that come to you right out of school or what? No. Well, after undergrad in San Francisco, I started doing shows in my house. Um, and that sort of, that's how I met the art community in San Francisco. And that's how I met the people that then nominated me for the SF MoMA show. So that happened in 2006. And that's the same time I got my first commercial gallery. And that, then, did that MoMA show pretty much crack things through? Um, what what broke it was this artist-run space, Queen's Nails Annex in San Francisco. I did their second show right when they opened. And then a curator who I had been up for the SF MoMA thing, and I didn't get it the first time around, I ran into her, and she was doing a retrospective with Richard Tuttle at SF MoMA. And I said, oh, he's my favorite. And she said, well, I'll arrange for Tuttle to come see your show. So she brought Tuttle, and Tuttle brought my gallery in SF, Tony Meyer, who he was showing with at the time. And they were having dinner, so Tuttle brought Tony, and basically Tuttle... At, kind of told Tony to give me a show and I got a show because he because Tuttle really liked your work yeah how did that feel that, that was he, amazing he was a hero of yours he is still yeah he's fantastic um yeah and we had like 
way over an hour conversation in a very small, like smaller than this kitchen art space. Maybe this size. It's like 150 square feet. Yeah. So we talked for a long time. What did you talk about? Well, he Richard is really amazing, and he kind of speaks like freeform poetry. So at one point, he did this like rave dance or something where his arms were up and he was going in circles and and but kind of like cutting through circular triangular dance moves and and he said like this is your work you're all about the diagonal which is interesting because a diagonal connects extremes and that really is all my practice is about is sort of like a balancing between high and low you say your practice you mean your work your yeah, artwork my work. Or, which and is which bleeds into your life of yeah course, in yeah general. the whole thing yeah say more about that um, the the combo life and art. Well, that and and the fact and the the diagonal, the, the connection of extremes. Well, I think I'm always sort of trying to uh, navigate this control and abandon in my life and in my work. Like, yeah, I am this really free person, but also like I'm a germaphobe, <laughs> you know, or um, you know, I don't know. Like the works on site, kind of sum that up really well because I don't plan it they're really intense shit could fall apart instantly but all this like they're in a museum and all the PR has gone out and they've been planning this for years so it's really stressful and I don't plan it but then like I do know my practice so well and I know how to paint and I like I have all this language built inside of me that like I know how to control chaos. So that's probably what the extremes is. It's like a controlled chaos. And then knowing when to like let go of the control and let back in chaos, which has been an interesting thing in like the personal life to figure out what's healthy and what's not healthy and um, what's how do you sustain this practice. That And I feel like the, with the extremes, you keep things interesting and current, and I want the work to like be active and not feel like you're you're going to a graveyard to look at a painting in a museum i wanted right the viewer to feel it yeah yeah um it's sort of like i mean to me that it sounds a little bit like a like a jazz musician or something like that you know like where they they practice you know eight hours a day so that when they come to the concert, they actually don't have to practice for the concert at all. Yeah. They yeah. just come in and uh, they let it free yeah. flow, improvise. Yeah, yeah, totally. I had this awesome experience with this beat artist, George Herms, who's a historic California guy, and he's all about jazz. And and it really, yeah, like, I mean, I never listened to jazz, but it is the same concept. And You see, and you're like, you seem to be like, friends with musicians a lot is that a th- yep. why is that a thing you think you're so cute <laughs> <laughs> probably in the beginning i don't know um i think san francisco right Do yeah you know, like it's so connected yeah yeah um and also i've actually learned a lot from you guys because i mean when we met our, it's been interesting to see our careers. Like we've when been, you say you guys, you mean just all musicians? All or musicians, mean, yeah. but like my close friends. Yeah. But like you, when I met you, you were touring regularly. Like we were at kind of similar places in our career, and we've grown in similar ways. Yeah. And it's and I have learned like from you know specific weird little things about our both of our weird food things. Like that yeah. is comforting and helpful to watch someone else prepare for, but also the way to live and travel like basically I think of my shows as going on tours and I usually stack them and 
I've learned a lot from like being on your tour buses and just seeing things and also watching how you navigate other people's energies and but also like just, just get the hell out of there yeah but also you no, know, I don't, you're I the boss <laughs> yeah but they also can all give you shit yeah it's a it's a delicate yeah it's interesting but you're but you're solo i mean i am solo but i rely on so many people like i work yeah. with four galleries all those galleries i have like the owners then i have the directors then i have the people that do like when i need emails sent like it's so many people that then you have to be on good terms with them and then in the museums when i get there i get a crew of people that are going to help me make this shit fast so that's mm -hmm. yeah which is what you'll say like all right i want paint this this color blue like yeah like. yeah and like sometimes because the, they don't have huge budgets like i might just get students that volunteer or so for me and also because i don't get along with everybody i usually ask for a lot of people and then i just weed down and i just you'll fire people you just like to get a lot so you can be like no you, i have to and find you, the you, right you energy home. you know anyone with a red shirt go <laughs> home no anyone who can't paint like yeah. sometimes i get people who have never painted even like, if you're a good house painter, you can do what I need. Because they don't actually make the art. They just prep it all for me. Sure. Uh, so, do you find it... Is it easy to fire people like that? or does it like You don't fire them. You just say, thank you for your help. I only need one person. I see. I see. Okay. You don't say you're fired. Right, right. <laughs> what about you? What, I don't fire people. Well, you just switch bandmates. Yeah, but... but that wasn't a firing. That was like, you know, I, I, I asked people for a commitment. That's kind of how I do. So, oh. I, so like, yeah, why Sarah left is like, I had asked her like basically for a year from when we started the shows last time, which was August 28th. Yeah. You know, and uh, she fulfilled that. And then. Well, that's the same. These aren't real jobs. These are just them helping out during the short install. Yeah. And yeah, they're not paying their like mortgage off of this. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the weird thing about my situation is that, you know, you are taking someone away from their yeah. normal life so that it, you do have, you, you're a bit responsible for that person and we yeah. don't give out health care and we don't give out any, <laughs> yeah. really anything at all except, you know, a hundred dollars and a smack Humor. in the mouth. But, uh... <laughs> But they get they get the glory. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, to get to travel the world in your early twenties when you have it—that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. There's not much money in this right now, which is the opposite of you. You're 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 you're. It's, things are. Things are good. Your ship has come in. You, you got to start making a like Earl sweatshirt. You got to make sweatshirts and socks. That's what he's doing? That's what they're all doing. Yeah, they have little shops on Fairfax, and they, like... They have clothing? Yeah. <laughs> That's what... But that, would that work for me? Maybe. But this, why are you... Why now, all of a sudden... I'm a musician, and now, all of a sudden, I, well, I'm, I, I'm, an, I'm an apparel maker? Yeah, but I think I didn't go to school for fashion. No, I think it's also more... I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the music industry, but I was talking about this with a curator, with the parallels between art and music, where artists can now run galleries and sell work directly and i feel like musicians can do things which i mean anticon's kind of like the ultimate example of that and if you can weed out all the other sources that are taking so much income which i think a lot of the younger kids are doing but yeah I mean, I mean you know more than i do about that fuck. well i just think that there's not there's 
there's very little money to go around. Yeah. From what I noticed. And, and you know, I don't know. It, it's just, it, you know, for your in your world, it seems like you have a small amount of big money people. Yeah. You know, sort of putting the, you know, flowing the, the cash. Yeah. Uh, and in my world... It's a bunch of people that have no money. Yeah. Who are mostly not putting any money in. Yeah. And might might buy a t-shirt at your show. Yeah. But by and large, they're downloading your shit for free on the internet. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. You can download your shit for free on the internet or buy a postcard, but it's not the same as buying a painting. You know yeah. what I mean? So... Although, like, none of my friends could ever buy my painting, so that's limiting. That's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But I can buy them tickets to come see me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I had to really overcome a lot of heavy class issues because I don't come from any money and just being comfortable in that world. And But I'm, I'm so thankful for people who want to buy art. Do you feel like a scrub when you're in those, like, circles? I mean, I guess you're, you're, you're supposed to be the one who's edgy. <laughs> you know what but I'm saying? Because you're yeah. the artist. You're yeah, the... but I'm not. I also think as a woman, I have different, I mean... I hope, I hope that this is wrong, but I actually feel like I have to be more responsible than a lot of male artists. Um, In terms of you have to look good and stuff like that? Well, yeah, and also, like, if I, sh- I mean, you know, I don't do drugs, but if I show up super fucked up, people are going to judge me much harder. Or if I sleep with whoever I want to, they're going to judge me much harder. And- Whereas Basquiat is, of course, going to do that. <laughs> still alive yeah yeah um well i don't know i just think but maybe that, that's just because you care what people think and if you were bad well, no i, I think that the reason i have successful business relationships and successful galleries is because i i'm aware of this okay. and like you can't you keep good relationships yeah you can't like fuck over people who help you right and you know it's a, like a long-term relationship and there's repercussions um but and i i don't feel like the scrub. I feel like you mean like a scrub, like a poor scrub. Yeah, yeah just like, you know, you you you. <laughs> just to clarify, oh, you're an art person. You know, you're only like, if they try to date an you. art maker. Not you know, and as opposed to, I don't know, some rich financier. Yeah, well, the a financier, a collector tried to date me, and that brought out like I just felt like I was his weird prostitute, even though I wasn't even having sex with him. It was just like, what? Why do you want to date me? I don't understand this, and. It just brought up all these crazy, weird issues I didn't even know, which hopefully I can overcome. Like, if you sleep with me, I'll buy seven works. <laughs> like, like that? It was more like, we'd, he, he would just, like, hand me his credit card and say, get what you want. And I was like, no, I don't want your credit card. Like, get what just, you want what, like, on Amazon.com? No, like, when we were in a store or a okay. restaurant or something. Like, I just didn't want to touch his credit card. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. felt like, yeah. I mean, that didn't last very long, but... Then you did want to tell... Oh, the, the, okay, got the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you meant, like... Then I was like, okay, no, yeah. No, I don't... No, I feel... I don't even... No. Yeah, I don't want people... I don't feel like I owe anybody anything. You know, yeah. I'm pretty hardcore independent. Do you tend to be the, the, the like, with guys and stuff, or do you tend to be the, the uh, I don't want to say breadwinner, but, like, when you take a guy out and stuff like that? I tend to pay, although... The cutie paid this morning with somebody else's credit card. Yeah, yeah. 
That's right. But, no, I tend to pay. But, I don't know. It depends on the relationship. Like, I feel like if I'm older, it just depends on, you know. Which you tend to be older now. That's a that's something that's a that new thing. Encouraged by Yon. I don't know. Why? Why? why uh, from the pros. <laughs> why do you think? That, why? What's appealing about that? Um, I think. I mean, this might just be a phase I'm in in my life, but for me, at 34, I don't really. I haven't met too many guys my age that are interesting that aren't married that, or if they're single, they're not like. Put, like pressuring me to have their babies and get married like there's just all this suffocation and sort of like boringness around it for yeah. me um i love the openness of people that still like i feel like as an artist you have to like remain in this purity and like openness to the world and possibilities and so far this year it's been mostly people that are younger than me i think because they have that in them and they're not jaded yet or something? Or yeah, or even if they're, or like... closed off somehow. They're just not closed off. And yeah. they're not, like, on this real-world timeline, which is totally boring. Because I'm not scheduling my life in that time, in the traditional timeline. They, they think they still might make a living as an actor or artist, which, which we all know is impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. Except that we do it. <laughs> yeah, we do it. But it is crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, they have to be talented, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean like to hang out with. <laughs> How what if what if you what if you tell me this? Mhm. What if you met a guy and he was really cute? Mhm. And then he maybe he asked you out and then you looked at him on Facebook or somewhere like that and he you found out that he was an artist and his shit was really whack. That's a really difficult situation. But he's so hot. I usually can't I, I really if I don't like he's like so hot and, and like he's he's totally cool he's fun I mean, to be around well I mean but I his work know. is just shitty and he thinks it's good I don't think I could hang I mean really someone has to understand your work right and if they're if you don't understand their work they're not gonna understand your work and you don't really understand each other what if he he really likes your work and he can like talk about it with you and your intentions and he understands your intentions? He's perfect except he makes bad work. Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to see. Would you sit him down and have a talk about his work? That's no. that's the question. No, never. I don't even do that with students who are really bad. I just I feel like we should just encourage each other because it's hard enough just to do to be like born with the curse of having to make our art yeah you know or the blessing but both good those are all right answers oh year. good <laughs> I'm th- 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 those are those are generic questions that I ask every oh really no not really <laughs> so stupid really all the boys you're the first artist that I have had on here actually the first oh, visual cool. artist that I've had I think let me see I may have had uh well, a couple of people that that do, do music both. and yeah. visual art, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you're the first like professional visual artist that I've had, pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, so we got through that one. Um, have you ever worked with, collaborated with somebody? Like, I'm thinking about like work on site and how you know you could have that could be collaborative. Did yeah. you have you ever tried to do that, or in a group show where you have you know you have to have the room. You know, you want it to match somehow. 
Well, I mean, I always, when the group show, look at the other work and take that in consideration with the spatial flow and sometimes the colors. But with the older artist, George Herms, that I mentioned, we actually were meant to collaborate in this show called Two Schools of Cool because he's in the, there was this historic, uh, there were women too, but it's a lot of dudes from Venice Beach um, in L.A. Like, he's, he's the start of, like, assemblage art in California, sort of funk aesthetic. Are these the boys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. Anyway, we collaborated, but we kept our space separate. Okay. Okay. So, so they. Hi guys. I see, but they look good next to each other. All right, we're gonna. We'll put we're this, gonna no, come, in, come, come in, in, come in, come in, come in, come in. We'll put this on pause. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that collaboration that you did with that guy. Oh yeah, with George. George. Yeah. George Herms. So we collaborated, but neither of us ever really collaborate. So. Our collaboration was just kind of hanging out for three years and showing each other our work. Um, and then when it came time to put it in the museum, he generously said, your thing is space, so I'll let you hang our works. So he also he said to me that Salvador Dali's wife used to read to him so he could just read to me while I work, <laughs> which is amazing. So he, he gave you, he basically gave you what, canvases, and then no, we had made our work, but we brought it in, and then I made this like very simple gesture of work on site to frame the work. Um, but hanging a show together, so basically the arrangement of space was the actual collaboration, and he he sort of gave me the right to do what I wanted, which was cool. And I am collaborating now with the poet Bernadette Mayer. Okay, but it's with writing. We've been writing letters back and forth. Oh, wow. And then it's going to be edited into a chapbook. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you do, you know, you're, you're a wordsmith as well. Yeah. Writing's really important to me. Yeah. That's also, I think, why, like, that's what I relate to, especially, like, your music, the words. I feel like that's another reason why music is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the other people, like, the seems like the other music friends you have now that I'm thinking about are also very word people like Dovendra yeah. Vendera and, and not, I don't want to name all your people but whatever <laughs> they're, they're word people they're word, yeah. very much word people yeah it's not that much me. yeah yeah right yeah yeah everybody's I mean those are like the original old ones but I think that's, yeah, that's why what I, I, well, we, well when I brought it up that's what I was thinking yeah. about like your early days of when you yeah. were starting to make work or you know yeah. in a big way in school and stuff like that and but I think that's why I love hip hop so much now. Yes, that's all. Yeah, and that's yeah. Gets me through the long studio days of not talking to anybody. Do you, do you keep a like a journal every day or something? No, but that's what the paintings are. Like I can look at them and remember what was happening, and I title the paintings a lot sometimes to reference back to what I was reading or who I was hanging out with or stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I got I got something named after me, right? Yeah, you got Yoni Wolf in a really great collection in Chicago. Nice. Yeah, you're the only person who has first and last name. Like, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm. And you honored. were like the leader of that show, the group of paintings. Where it was all arranged around you. You sort of conducted the rest of the paintings. Yes. Yeah, it was an awesome piece. That's cool. Rightfully so. And why is it? How did it? How was that piece me? Or like, mm. why did you name that? I think because I saw, well, it reminded me, the way I hung the show reminded me, oh. She's all right. She's all right. She's not going to go crazy. The cat just came out. It's an indoor cat. Insane. 
Like any an indoor cat is like an insane cat in a way because <laughs> yeah, it's not. Get it out. Yeah, then that's not like natural for an animal. Neither to is be. her haircut. Well, right, but it's so cute though. <laughs> um, but watching you, I saw so many of your shows in the past year, and I was always noticing this composition thing—the way the band would circle you, and you would be in the center, and you'd have your cute dance moves. Which symmetry? We like symmetry. Yeah, but it was this. That sort of um, amphitheater of your support behind yeah. you. So that's the way I hung the show. But also, Yoni Wolf was also a play off of your name, Vagina Wolf. Oh, And it's yes. a very tantric sexual <laughs> painting. Okay, okay. Wow, this is... This is cheap. And named after someone who knows nothing about sex, much less, <laughs> much less tantric sex. But remember our first dinner, I said... Do you remember? No, you have to tell me. I remember oh. I wore... I, 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 I was before I went out I was hanging out with Bryce and Liz and uh, Bryce convinced me to wear this like velvet shirt of his with no with no t-shirt underneath like it was like this v deep v-neck uh, I remember your hairy chest because we talked about it and I said I liked hairy chest and I'm like I, I, Bryce I can't pull this off he's like you can if you if you know you can if you have the attitude you can pull it off you're hurting me to laugh I'm like alright I'll do it and then we went to Chaya yeah Chaya and I said so doesn't your first name mean vagina and yeah. you were like Oh, you know that, and I, and I didn't know your last name. And I said, "What's your last name?" And you said, "Wolf." I oh, said, no. "I'm on a blind setup date with the Vagina Wolf," <laughs> and that Jesus was the start Christ. of this great friendship. And the bane, the, my my name has been the bane, and and popcorn. She's all right. She's, all right. she's gonna hang out there. She's not. She's. Uh, I, mean, I love your name. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great name. Thank you. Own it. I do, I do, yeah. and, and I'm fine. I with did that. notice I though like you switched name. to Jonathan recently. When? Your phone said that. My phone said Jonathan. Yeah. Where? I called you and I left a message and it said. Oh, oh, yeah, right? yeah. Jonathan. I mean, I, I use it sometimes. It's my real name, you know. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes use it mo more like if I'm applying for a loan. Yeah, or being funny <laughs> like on that. Oh, that was funny. Probably. I don't yeah. remember what that it message was. It sounded serious. But, oh, maybe it was it serious. like you had grown up. Maybe I had, you know what, it probably, I was expecting a call from a doctor or, oh, or a fucking yeah. God knows what, but something that neat, loan, some kind of loan thing or something, yeah. you know. I That's don't know. That's good. That's smart, man. Responsible, yeah. Yeah. Normally I'll have a wacky <gasps> Did she go back in? phone message. She's inside. Okay, yeah. good. Yes, well... Covered a lot of territory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have. This is nice. Isn't this nice out here? Sunset. I love that graffiti, I think. Someone did, like, the pride graffiti and letters over those people on Where? that billboard. See the faces? I don't think you they're supposed to be in rainbow. Me. Oh, I see the... I see the... Oh, is that rainbow, like, Yeah, I think graffiti? it's a rainbow lettering. Really? Yeah. That is great, yeah. Because they couldn't all it kinda be kind of goes right anything. along with the people. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, this is not, California's nice. What, 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 uh, did you, you never looked back, did you, once you moved out here, you just, or did you ever think about moving back to um, the East Coast? Well, the very, I came out for, like, six months to a year and totally folded and went home, and I was young, I was, like, 17 or 18. That was to the Bay or to here? Oh, to the Bay. I, yeah. When I was in the Bay, then I went back to upstate New York, and it was totally an economical thing. I didn't know. It was the peak of the dot-com, very much like what's happening again there now in SF, but... 
I didn't know how I could do it. I mean, this is dating me, but it was pre-Craigslist, so I couldn't find an apartment. It was fucking terrible. I was living in a travel lodge. It was oh, really? really bad. Ooh, yeah, and I in didn't, San Francisco? Yeah, and in I didn't. In the Tenderloin? It wasn't the Tenderloin <laughs> yet, but no. But I didn't know anyone. But then I, some this really awesome woman I worked with, who was a New Yorker, New Yorker, New Yorker, she was like, what are you doing? You're ruining your life. Like, get back out there. So she totally kicked me out, and... I went back to the Bay, and then when I came here to L.A., I never looked back to San Francisco because I really spent too much time there. And you came here, what, like, it was right after grad school? Um, pretty much, yeah, 2007. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a, a year or so after, I think one year after. And I came on a fluke because I had a gallery meeting, and the woman stood me up. And then I went out to the desert to see a friend, and she said, what are you doing living? Because I was living on that mountaintop in Mill Valley. That's right. I remember. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, that's when we met. I was on the mountaintop. That sounded nice, though. It was beautiful. But, but it was lonesome. My, it was, no, it wasn't, I loved it. It was the happiest part of my life, but my career wasn't getting, I was having all these big studio visits, and it just wasn't happening, and my friend, who was kind of like a mentor, said, you know, like, you just have to live more central, and then she helped me actually right over here get an apartment, so like a week later, I moved to L.A. Okay. Yeah. And that, has it been good for you here in it's terms of your mental... Yeah, I love it so much because it is actually like living on top of a mountaintop, but also people pass through it, so you get good studio visits. And you know, there's a the art world in San Francisco is a bubble, and there's a ceiling, and when you hit the ceiling, you're stuck, kind of. But LA is connected to New York and the rest of the world. Yeah, it's international, and there's and, and art, music, everybody. Like, I remember when everyone moved to New York, and then I remember when everyone moved to Berlin, and, like, the past five years, everyone's been moving here. LA's the new... Yeah. 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 I feel that as well. I, I, I see that, that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn is the, is out. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's nice. And Maybe. Can, I don't want to say that. I mean, I'm there's sure, still, yeah, there's still, still things happening there, but you don't have to struggle to the same extent. Like, you can have quality of life here. Your rents are a little bit more affordable, and... You, like I live in a two bedroom house by myself like that's amazing and it's you couldn't probably you could maybe get a studio apartment for that in SF but probably not right so for what you pay for that yeah and there's space between people here so I'm really sensitive I grew up on a dirt road and I need psychic space I can't get that in New York yeah yeah I I, you I hear you I, I couldn't I couldn't be in in New York for an extended period I could I could be here probably. I mean, the only thing is it's so carry here. It's so traffic and cars but and. You don't have to do that. I don't know. If you live in a neighborhood where you can walk to things, and I I drive from my house to the studio. It's a seven minute drive. It's all, or I could do surface streets for ten minutes. That's nothing. Yeah. No, that's easy. The creepy thing here is the fucking helicopters when they're looking for someone. When the helicopters like shining light in your house, which happens a lot. That is weird. It's creepy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I may have to do it. I, I I would want like a little. I would want like a little neighborhood that feels like, um, like I'm you know I'm a small town guy. Yeah. Like I, I'm not from a small town. Like Cincinnati's, a, you know, it's not a metro- huge metropolis, but it's a big city. You know. Yeah. But I like a small town feel. So I li- my neighborhood now like has a, has a small town feel kind of. Um. Most neighborhoods here do on okay. the east side. Like this doesn't like this right doesn't because he's cause by the freeways. Yeah, this yeah. is like the weird drug dealer bad energy vortex. That said, the apartments. The awesome, apartments but, amazing. Sean's amazing. Yeah, we love him. Yeah. <laughs> but that intersection is just bad vibes. 
Um, yeah. But like my neighborhood, you can't necessarily walk to a grocery store, but there's other neighborhoods you can. But my neighborhood totally feels like a small town, and I know all the neighbors and and. That's yeah. what I want. Have a bike ride around yeah. on my bike. Bring, bring. <laughs> Your helmet. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Protect myself. Um. All right. Anything else that that we uh, that we missed that we want to dis- discuss? I mean, we you know. Do we get to... See, I feel like I'm not... It's a hot day. Yeah, it's a hot day. But I feel like I'm not, I'm not like, uh, equipped as I could be to know how to talk about art. Like, I know a little bit about art, but I, I probably didn't get you going deep enough into that. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean... All right. I mean, you... I, I just, you know, like, I can go deep into music stuff because I, you know... But, yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know what else to say about art. I'm not a huge talker. I have yeah. to give a lecture soon. I have to give two this year, and I'm. It's hard for me. Ultimately, not, it's not about words. It's, if yeah, it was like, about words, you'd be, be writing, writing it. Totally. You know, right? But it's about just the. What you? What is it about? And action. Now, what? What? Why do you think that you're you're geared more towards visual art than you? I mean, you said you write letters, and you have you know you yeah. like words, but like. Why do you make visual art instead of another form of expression? Um, I think, may, well, I think it's because that's what I'm here to do, and writing is really, really, really difficult for me. Um, but I think, like, in the beginning, abstraction was the space of freedom for me, where it was an experimental zone, and it was a way of, like, letting the unknown come out and embracing the unknown as, like, a a higher truth or something. Um, Yeah, and I... Like, writers are kind of my favorite people in the world. Um, And I... I And musicians. Like, I wish... You know, in another life, maybe that's what I was or something. But there's kind of no... Like, I... I don't... I'm not one of those people that has multiple, like, talents that are even closely strong enough to, like, question if I'm doing the right thing. Right. Um, and then it's funny, too, because at this point in my life, like, I couldn't do anything else. Like, I would be completely unhirable. No one would want me. <laughs> not that I want them either. Right. But. Yeah, I mean, we can't go back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I, I guess... Different people are geared towards different things, sensory-wise, maybe even. Oh, yeah. I also think it's visual because, like, like that's how I remember things. The world, like, I totally translate the world visually. Like, words stick, too, but, um, yeah, color and form and all my earliest memories are color and form. And I think that I probably dealt with depression as a kid through it, like, through color and visual. Like, do you get a different, like... Can you explain, like, the palpable feeling you might get from a different color? Yeah, totally. Like, I think... I used to do a lot of work about synesthesia, and I think it was just because I knew that term had a definition where objects or numbers or something is equated with a color. Um, But I've always felt that with feelings. And the work is super emotional, um, and so is color. Yeah, I, I don't know. I re- kind of, like, read people in colors, too. I wonder what you think about the Yoni Wolf painting. It Like, I guess those are probably the colors I, I was thinking of you as. That you equate me with, like... Yeah, but I, now when I think about it, I see more of, like, a burgundy mixed in there because there are a lot of pastel colors. Um, I wonder what 
thought those were your spring tones or something. So burgundy, like that's like 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 maybe it's because I have my blood up right now. Mm. Some more. Yeah. <laughs> more have more of that. Yeah. Going on, huh? Yeah. I mean, I I never, you know, like I think I'm more auditory. I mean, I I have a visual sense and and uh, and I I do I do some art stuff, but especially color wise, I never really got a grip on on mm-hmm. you know it's always a, a, either a little bit arbitrary or a little bit like I don't know it was ne- you know or a little bit sort of maybe forced or something yeah but it seems like with you it's more like a color comes from your gut yeah total yeah and also like when I think about if I tried early the early musician I lived with used to always, I would try to sing him back a song and he would be like, just keep going. I can write a whole new song based on your memory of that song because it's so off. <laughs> yeah. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, here they are. Oh, yeah. they're... they're looking for you. But I never understood in color theory classes where people had to learn how to mix colors because I can look at a color and instantly know which other colors it's innate. make. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I guess identifying what you're good at. A visual gift. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty tone dead. I mean, that's why it was so hard in France, too, because I don't... It's really hard for me to pick up languages. I don't hear correctly. Yeah. Um, I think I could... I think I could learn languages pretty decently. That said... It's a barbecue. It's a barbecue, not this a is, fire. This, it's like basically like Armageddon out here <laughs> with a beautiful sunset. Um, but there is a, a huge fire. fire next. I'm just going to take a quick look. Hopefully it's a barbecue. Hello? Yeah. Okay, you're great. You got a barbecue going? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just making sure your house wasn't burning down. All right. Thank you. We're okay. I mean, they're okay. Um, cool. Well, I, I think that's a yeah, good. That's a good, a good. We didn't burn. Summation of things, right? Yeah. Uh, we went. We went to a number of places. I think we're but good. We went to places no one else would go with me. Really? Yeah. I don't talk personal to people. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. That this has been Sarah Kane, and uh, we're gonna sign off. Say okay. say bye to the people. Bye, Yoni. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to thank Ben Turner for helping uh, edit this episode. And I want to say the Wandering Wolf podcast at gmail.com, at Yoni Wolf on Twitter. Tell a friend, look, if you like like this podcast, if you're feeling it, you enjoy it, tell a friend. Tell a friend, tell two friends that like podcasts. And uh, maybe they'll like it too. I gotta, I gotta build this up. I gotta, I gotta try to hustle this thing, right? So that I can get, you know, I don't know why I want, because that's I, I was born and raised in America. We want to advance. We're ambitious. We're aggressive. Live and let die. Win and let lose. Fucking Wall Street, Main Street. Tell a friend. Uh, that's it for this week. That's all. Keep wandering.
actually sounds more like an outro. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that.